everybody and welcome to episode number 48 of In My Mug on Monday the 12th of October 2009. My name's Steve Layton and yeah, as always I am incredibly grateful for you spending time coming to kind of uh, join in the coffee tasting. Uh, we crack on and go through some comments from last week. Uh, first one that's got uh, David Walsh, my friend from the other black stuff, uh, commenting, I wonder if Ernesto would split the lots into washed and natural. Now that would be really interesting. And you know what? I think that would be incredibly interesting. Um, I may even try and put that to him. Coming up in a couple of weeks' time, going to have a really, really exciting one where it's a single estate from... Uh, Obviously one estate, one country, but we're going to have the washed, the pulled natural and the natural all from the same estate. So along those lines, David. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, Jay Fisher, who is also Carbon Man on uh, the forum, put thanks for doing this with the Chemex and he felt it useful. And, you know, thank you for suggesting it. I think it's a brilliant idea and I'm really pleased that we did it. Um, Den, another fabulous coffee. Um, he wasn't getting the flavours of the fruit salad. But uh, loved it last time and loved it this time, so that, that's really cool. Um, from the forum, there was uh, kind of a whole lot of love, but you know, one of the favourites, really enjoyed it, fine coffee. Um, enjoyed the talk about the different brewing techniques from uh, Nick, Nicholas Forson. Uh, which, uh, and asked, that's where I wanted to go with this one, asked which one was the most forgiving brewing method. Um, and I tend to find that the, the French press is the kind of easiest to get right, the most consistent and the most forgiving. It will allow a slightly different grind, it will allow a slightly different extraction time, etc. So yeah, now that's that's uh, that was that one. So yeah, thank you very much for the comments. Keep them coming. Get in! Yes! It's took me a few weeks today, I've been missing it. Um, so yeah. Mug, mug that we're gonna to use today is get a bit closer with this one. I know people don't like me standing up, but this was from when I went to the Nordic Barista Cup a couple of weeks ago, and somebody very, very kindly sent me a mug. Um, honestly, completely touched, unexpected, um, and particularly when it was this, I was like really, really touched. You may have seen a blog post in the because I didn't know who sent it, but I did find out, and it was Chris, Chris Hardesty, and um, yeah, he basically sent it as, as, as uh, to, to thank, you know, to immortalise the um, the event, if you like. Chris, an amazing gift, and, and I'm just so, so grateful, so thank you ever so, ever so much. Um, in honour of this cup, and in honour of the cups being knocked down, I've actually put together a video, so I'm going to pop a link below, and it's just a little fun video I've done of the cups coming down, and you can kind of see what happened. But it was basically an auction that was at the Nordic Barista Cup, where they built a tower and somebody could win the right to knock it down, and because I'm an idiot, um, it seemed like a good idea. Which it was, it was great fun, and thank you to Team Norway for the opportunity to, uh, to do that. But, lovely cup, so, honestly Chris, you're a good man. Right. Coffee we're going to talk about today, brand new. If you're watching this on Monday, which I hope you are, because that's the day that you know, kind of we release these, and it seems to be the most popular day, it's gone on the site today. Um, obviously, for the In My Mug subscribers, I roasted it Friday, so it's bang fresh. Uh, I bought this coffee two, three months ago on the cupping table. Uh, because I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't keep any notes. We just said, yeah, we'll take six bags of that. It'd be very interesting. It's arrived, and it's sat here for like a month because I haven't done anything with it. So 
the tasting today is going to be the tasting for the tasting notes and everything because I really can't remember this coffee apart from I really liked it. So I'm going to have to use my notes as well for this if that's okay. I don't like to use notes but I don't know this coffee well enough to not use them so we're, uh, we'll be going in there in a minute. Um, right, going to pop you on pause, going to go and brew. Today we're going to brew on the Eva Solo because I haven't brewed on the Solo for a while. And um, we'll go through the parameters and that in a minute, but uh, yeah, be back in a second. Right, so I'm back. Um, brewed the coffee up, weighed out 30 grams of coffee uh, for 500 mils of water. Fairly standard kind of brewing ratios of 60 grams per litre for, for, for brewed coffee. Um, I, that may change with this coffee. It may be that I do some other things with it, um, so this is just the first. If I do make any changes, I will put something up on the forum. Link below to the forum post on, on this episode, and um, yeah, ho hopefully, uh, you know, it may be that it changes just a little. I, I don't know. Um, so, gonna basically let that go for four minutes. I've set my timer just before I came on, it was literally. 15 seconds before we came back on camera that I, I, I poured the water in. Um, so yeah, let's tea about the coffee. It's from the Nyam, Nyam Yumba, Nyam, Nyam Yumba, Nyam Yumba, Nyam Yumba washing station, which is in the northwest of Rwanda, um, to close to the Kivu shore. Now, the thing about Rwanda is that there are lots and lots of people growing coffee but they're all tiny. Uh, I mean, for instance, this one, the average size uh, plot owned by one person is 400 coffee trees. Uh, so that's basically gonna give you 400 pounds of coffee. Uh, so around about 200 kilos, which is just a bunch of process sorted and all the rest of it is tiny. So they always end up being cooperatives. Um, the organization is owned by a Rwandanese company, processing cherries bought from local smallholders and farms. Uh, average 400 coffee trees. The altitude is from 1500 meters to 2000 meters, which is colossal. I mean, that is colossal kind of um, altitude, big time. Um, there are 12, 1250 farmers registered to the washing station. The varietal is uh, Arabica, of course, and Bourbon. Uh, the soil conditions, very rich volcanic soil. Uh, do, 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 do. Very careful, small um, fertilizer use and chemical use, you know, kind of controlled and clever. Uh, and it says the microclimate characteristics of the area is the Kivu shore and Congo rainforest on the west, uh, Congo Nil elevation to the east, and the Virunga chain of volcano closing triangle to the north. Altogether, create a very specific climate with cool temperatures and permanent rain. All year long, all year long, and it rains around about uh, 1,500 millimeters per year. Sorry about this. It seems like a bit of an essay, but I, I do want to give you some insight into it. Um, the farmers' background: like 85% of the Rwandanese population who get their living from the land. Farmers around the washing station are smallholders with an average farm of one hectare. Um, since 1994, war and genocide, it has led to um, a very high 30 to 40% single occupation, you know, the, 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 the whole thing that went on in Rwanda with the um, atrocities and the uh, genocide was just horrendous and really brought home to me on the visit 
it's somewhere that I, I'm desperate to support. Um, but those who remember the Rwandan Morambi, where I did the, the my mug on that, it was a nightmare to get here. And Africa is an incredibly difficult place um, to do business. Um, but the last few years have seen a real increase in market price for farmers in Rwanda. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a, substantial impact. Um, so this is a fully washed, wet process. In fact, let me just hit that because we've just over the four minutes. So I really want to get this out. So it's going to be red hot. And before everybody sends me the emails, are we going to start selling the Eva Solos? Um, I think we are. I think I'm going to have to hunt some down again and buy some in because I fell in love with my Eva Solo again. Uh, and we should get you guys using them too because it's so, it's just another different brewing method like we talked about last week that for me um, expands the opportunities with the coffee. So we are going to be looking into getting some more of these. So in the processing, and I love this, that we've got this kind of information, the cherries are picked, not stripped. So they're basically selected, only the mature ones, the red ripe cherries, greens left, then they go and do another pick and another pick and another pick until they're all, they're, they're all done. Cherries are floated to remove uh, any insect infected beans and also um, kind of anything that's gone wrong. They're then pulped and then they're fermented in a big water tank for 12 hours um, and then soaked for a further 24 hours in wet fermentation um, and then graded to a separate light and heavy parchment, a final soaking for 20 hours. Um, pre-drying of wet, par wet parchment, sun drying on tables and continuous hand picking um, to make sure there's no defaults in there. So constantly looking at the uh, you know, processed uh, parchment and removing. Um, and then the dry processing is, the hulling is uh, done by an outsourced uh, factory uh, where screening, gravitation, colour sorting um, from those things. And we've got some great photos to go with this coffee, so they're going to be on the description for this on the website. So do take a look at that. Um, I think it's really cool. Um, let's dive in. Now, oh, before I start going into my descriptions and stuff, Rwanda. You may, in fact you will if you cup it often enough, find potato defect in these coffees. Um, I haven't even done my snip, me smudger in the bowl. Um, you may find defect. Now, when you grind the coffee, you'll say, what's potato? You'll smell it. It smells like potato. Um, if you find one of those, back in the bag, zip it up, pop it in the post to us, I'll give you three bags in return for it. Um, because I don't want you to be having potato in your cup. Um, and you'll know. There's no mistaking if you have a potato defect or not. Um, so, yeah. Let's get this snozzer in the bowl. Gonna show you a picture of the roast colour. You'll see from this, it's a very delicately, very carefully roasted coffee. This is a light to medium style of roast. Uh, it may not suit all people. It may not suit the espresso so much. I'm gonna try it in espresso and I will leave some comments on the forum once I've done that, of what it's like as an espresso. But from what I remember when I cooked this coffee, in my head, it was like, this is going to be fantastic filter coffee. Um, and we haven't had one of those for a while that I just thought that this is perfect filter, so um, snozzering. Okay, I'm getting like, um, it's very sweet. And I seem to say sweet all the time, but we've just been going through a spate of very sweet coffees. A little limey. 
Um, a little bit lemon rindy and citrus. I, I, I can't remember whether that was in the cup or not, but it certainly jumps out on the aroma. And a little bit like freshly baked bread, which is not a smell I normally get or like in coffee. Um, but, yeah. Time to dive in. Okay, straight on the front end, it comes back to me why I thought this was the perfect filter coffee, because it has a real brightness, it has a real acidity to it. Um, getting a little bit of red cherry, uh, a little bit of kind of sweet, uh, sweet grape, so kind of like the very fresh green sweet grape. Um, that cherry's big. <laughs> it's like a real cherry, uh, but almost like a, like a glacier cherry. Incredibly sweet. Um, it carries on, it's got great mid-length, uh, it's got some lovely body in the middle, um, which you don't expect because of that bright acidity. And then it finishes again, you've got this cherry all the way through. Um, I can remember why I liked it now. <laughs> Phew! It's another one of those ones where, you know, we kind of get so many samples and when we find something we like, we just have to act. But it may be that we haven't got a space for it at that time, so we buy it, it sits there for a month, and then we suddenly start doing things with it. Well, this one has been exactly that, and I'm kind of a little bit embarrassed that we've sat in it for so long, because this is going to make a great backpot, great Chemex, great Eva Solo, AeroPress, um, all of those operations. I don't think this is going to work in espresso. I really, really don't. Um, it's very bright. I'm saying that, if you like Kenyan in your espresso, then this may be right up your street. For my palette, it's a little bit bright. It's a little bit too much, but delicious all the same. Um, I would really love you to uh, to try this if you're not a subscriber. So I'm gonna pop a voucher up below. That's gonna be for a month. Um, we're gonna give you a pound off this one. Uh, it's six bags, that's all we have. Uh, once it's gone, it's gone. Um, you know, it's there. It, 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 I don't think we'll see it again. It was from an unusual source. Uh, fell onto say fell onto our laps. Thank you very much for the cup, Chris. Uh, if you haven't already jotted down that URL for the video, have a look below. Uh, I kind of enjoyed putting it together as much as I enjoyed diving through those cups. So um, yeah, uh, thank you very much. And um, life's too short not to get lovely mugs. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining me. Talk to you soon.